Entrepreneur MBA podcast purpose is to help existing business owners grow their companies past the $10 million in revenue per year benchmark. Here is your host, Stephen Halastic. Welcome, everyone. My name is Stephen Halastic, and I'm co-founder of Financing Solutions. For those of you who don't know about Financing Solutions, we provide very easy uh, to set up lines of credit for small businesses. And I will be your host for today's Entrepreneur MBA podcast. If you are interested in learning more about our business line of credit program, please visit fscreditline.com. That's FS as a financing solutions, creditline.com. Um, almost my whole career, I've always had a credit line in place. I think it's extremely valuable. Um, so it's something for you to consider. Over the last 25 years, I've built six companies in the $5 million to $25 million range, including two companies that have made the Inc. 500 fastest growing companies in the United States. I love learning from people with business experience. And today, I am very excited to be speaking with Elma and Dove Levy from LDOV Group, LLC. Dove and Elma Levy are first-generation life partners as well as business partners. They came to the U.S. from different parts of the world, Israel and the Netherlands, and built a life and a very successful business together. The business grew from startup in their attic to the mature, to a mature multimillion-dollar enterprise. The first business transaction in May of 2019 resulted in a change of control to an international PE firm, and with the final transition transaction, sorry, in October of 2021, the company became part of a larger consulting firm. Elma and Dove are married now for 40 years or 40 plus years, have two adult children and two grandchildren. They are often asked about the challenges of working together as life partners and what their secret is to making it work. Elma and Dove, welcome to today's Entrepreneur MBA podcast. Thank you, Stephen. Happy Thank to you, be Stephen. here. Well, that's it. That's good. It's a great, going to be such a great podcast. Um, there's just so many different angles on this. Uh, yeah, so, where to begin? <laughs> yeah, no, I always know where to begin. Again, I don't know if I know where to end, but <laughs> yeah. Um, so let me start off with this question because it's the first one that came off to my mind. Um, is being in a uh, since you're in a romantic relationship? Uh, and then being and being partners any different than if you are just two partners who are not in a romantic relationship but partners in a business do you want me to take that it is and it isn't in a way and i'll start first with why it is if you're friends and and i have worked with small business owners that have a, a lifelong friendship or, you know, know each other from college or whatever. Um, and they get along extremely well. So you're friends and you start this business together and it's very compatible. In any conflict situation, and you have six businesses, you know there are conflict situations, there are difficult times. Each one gets to go home. Each one potentially has another circle around them partner or whatever, to kind of bounce things off and get um, independent feedback. They get to go home, regroup, uh, and, and come back. Maybe if they're lucky, they have a partner that puts them straight or gives them some different way of looking at things. They come back and they reapproach. approach um, if, if you don't have that, 
Um, you need to find different ways to get that um, different perspective and realignment because you don't get it at home. Um, so that is that is why, where this is different. Um, a difficulty is the, the two companies that I've worked with that were friends going into partnership, um, they were great friends, but as business partners, they were incompatible because they could not see things in the same way. One is more strategic. The other one is more operational. The operational person says, this guy sitting with his feet up the desk, I'm doing all the floor work. And they could not meet, they could not understand and appreciate the different uh, approaches. Um, if you're lucky, a friendship can survive that. Um, in the case where I worked with this team, I actually in the long run don't know if the friendship survived it. Um, at the time, it was extremely difficult because they, they were blaming each other for things not going well. Um, and these were great friends. There was absolutely no reason to think that this was not going to work out. And so that's, I think, the main the main difference. And you know, you you yeah, talk. So, so the first, thank you for having us. But there, one of the main advantage from from where kind of I said during that time is that I could trust a million percent that my wife and my business partner has our business and the both of us best interest at heart. Which in some cases, if, if it's not you spouse, you, you may not sure what happened in this scenario and in that scenario, will they have their same, will we have the same objective, yes or no? I never had to doubt that. And I never had to think about what will happen if it's if it's not that. But when we did come home, we had some we had early on, we had some rules that we are not going to discuss the business at home at the dinner table with our kids and things like that. So we had to make sure that we kind of a little bit separate our romantic life, if you will, than the business life. Yeah, I mean, to let our listeners know, the the last two, and I'm sorry if there's some background noise a little bit, there's some work being done. Um, so the... The last two businesses I started, I I have a great business partner, same one. He's fantastic. I am, and and it was a really hard decision for me to to um, agree to have a business partner because I had saw so many horror stories on it, and it, it, it and um, he is my best friend by far. You know, I've known him for 20 years and, um, you know, we, we, we dated for a while before we actually went there. Now he was, he's always had business partners and he loves, loves having business partners. So he was never reluctant. I was, and, um, uh, you know, I'm not saying I, I thought no, but I didn't think yes. So I was like somewhere in between. So, uh, however, uh, my wife, was uh, just give you some context. She was she came to work for me um, for uh, eight or nine years. It, it was very good. It was she was excellent. You know, luckily she was in, in charge of accounting since she was a, a accountant, and uh, that's that's a great person to have in that position because, you, like you said, you trust them. You know, really, really well. The problem is, is I would get home from work, we'd get into bed, and she's telling, she's starting to tell me who owes us money. And I'm like, 
I, I don't want to know about this right now, you yeah. know? And so, you know, uh, she, luckily she kn- knew it was my company and, you know, I was kind of the boss, but I never treated her that way. You know, like, you know, I never had to, you know, but, so you know, I'll, I'll give you a, a quick anecdote here. So Elmo and I speak at the, either George Washington University Business School or Engineering School or at the John Hopkins uh, University Business School. And we get a lot of questions many times from young students in the MBA program or something like that, basically asking us, should I, you know, I see the two of you and I see the two of you are successful or sold your business or whatever businesses. Should I start a business with my wife? I always say immediately, absolutely, yes. Elma always said, I would suggest that you talk to me first and I'll give you the pros and the cons. Yeah, I I would say absolutely. I, if you, someone asked me that question, I would say absolutely no. Because, to, listen, let's, at the end of the day, what's more important? What's more important? Well, it's not either or. As, as we are proof of the fact that it's not either or. We build this business not with the expectation of a quick turnaround. It wasn't like we started and we say our life, our, our uh, end game is five years and we're going to sell it and build it big. We started building this business and lo and behold, we started growing and, and it started to do very well. And there was potential for this to get bigger and bigger and bigger. It was a, a step process, a gradual process. Um, the reason I say this to these students is I think you must have some ground rules. I would, and you have to know yourself. There is a really high level of self-awareness that's needed when you make that decision. I know myself. I would not work for my husband. I think one of the first things I said is, I know what I, he's very, very technical, very strong in, in, in moving big programs and lots of people. And it's not for me. I am also not technical. I can talk a technical talk um, in a way, but when you ask me two questions, uh, you go too deep for me. So that's just not where I am. But I love organizing a disorganized um, space. If I come to a restaurant and I see them all running around and nobody's doing anything, I just want to line them up and, and tell them, you know, how. So I know you have to know that from yourself. Yeah. God knows that... He doesn't have the patience to deal with, you know, building an organizational structure or a governance structure. He wants to do the technical stuff. But somebody, if you're building a company, somebody needs to build and scale the corporate governance part of it. And that's where I came in. Um, and so we knew each other's swim lanes. We knew each other's strengths. Um, I think when I'm talking about ground rule is you you must respect each other's swim lane because there isn't a company without both swim lanes being equal. If you do not have a strong corporate governance, you can have brilliant technical solutions, but there's nothing to make it go. There is no engine on which to move this forward. Um, If you don't scale from two people to 10 to 50 to whatever, you're going to implode. You don't recognize that what's needed. Um, so, so I think it's important. We were 51, 49%. Um, so we were very equal. I told him from the beginning, we will never use the term back office. It's corporate governance, because to me, how you label something is 
critical to how it's perceived and how it's respected. Um, and how we talk, how and when we talk about the business. Let's, and some of it is, is really what I'm telling you is in hindsight. Maybe like, oh, that's probably what we should have done. Um, because, you know, you know, it's better in hindsight. It's like parenting, right? You know what you should have done. Um, you think you so, so, so that's why, why I, I say that to the students is let's talk because you have to understand what you're walking into. You have to understand who you are, what your level of tolerance is, how strong your relationship is. Can it, can it withstand that? Um, and you don't know because you don't know really what you're going into. So there's, it's not an easy, oh, yeah, let's do this. Yeah. Because then you get to where what you said, what's more important, this or that. So, Yeah, I mean, it was interesting. I forgot. So, so when, when I went, oh, boy, sorry about that noise. I apologize. Um, the, when I went into, uh, um, my, my second business, well, financing solutions, right. Um, I went into that business and that, that business was a, a high, a high risk business. Um, it always, you know, it always has been, I, it's interesting. I made a complete change that my, now my wife wasn't involved in that business. Um, and I, that was purposeful, um, because, and I, this is the other thing that's kind of interesting. I never, from that point forward, this is 11 years ago, 12 years ago, never, uh, talked about work again when I got home. So prior to that, you know, we, we weren't exactly the couple that would talk a lot about work, but when I got home, uh, 12, 12 years, I'm sorry, when I got 12 years ago, I completely stopped talking about work at all. So it was a really interesting change. And I'll tell you what I found was I found that it forces you to get involved in um, interests and conversations that are outside of work. And what I've found is a lot of people, and I know a lot of business owners really, really closely, really good friends. And I find that them, them and their significant others talk about work all the time. Yeah, that's a problem. All the time. They have yeah. no interest outside of work. They yeah, come, just, how was yeah. your day? And then they get involved in the problems and they get, they get involved in all the stuff. That, and that becomes their lives. And I found because I didn't do that. Now, listen, granted, my wife and I have very, very, we have a lot of interests. So we're not very one dimensional. And um, so, but I just wanted to raise that. Did you find that everything that you guys did were, kind of revolved around work so one, one of the areas that we got engaged a while ago is what we call adventure travel it started mm -hmm. about 15 years ago so we basically said you know because we used to go to you know new york city or israel or netherlands and your email keeps working your phone keeps working it's as if you're at work just you're yeah. in a different physical location but when we started going, we started hiking, you know, we summited Kilimanjaro or we went to the Italian Dolomite up in the mountain. First, we spent a lot of energy planning it and preparing for it. So it will keep us in, it will help us keep in good physical health, if you will. But also it will help us to plan, to understand the risk and how to mitigate it. So we engage in the planning. And then when we go for these activities, 
A, you are out of reception most of the time, yeah. so which is good. And secondly, it also helped the company because the company now can see how do they manage without us. Yes. So we got engaged in this uh, adventure travel and we found it as a great way to separate us from the business for some period of time and to plan for it, which both of us like. Which, by the way, I think regardless, that coincided somewhat with our children leaving the house, our business matured. In the beginning, you're everything to everybody in the business. You make the coffee, you sign the contracts. You know, you, um, I think we, we learned not to talk all the time about business because I've, I've learned pretty quick that my swim lane, he didn't really have a lot of patience for. And, and for me to then explain and, you know, HR and accounting and contracting, I need another person. He's like, he's got his own swim you know, I, I would basically ask, <laughs> I would ask a simple question every now and then, you know, are we doing okay financially? She would say, yes, since I trust her a hundred percent, I said, oh, okay, I'm done. Now I'm, I can concentrate on my swim lane. So I think because we were more um, aware of it, we talked less, I think, about work than if we both had different work and we came home and we needed to unload on each other. So I think that actually was a benefit. Yeah. Um, and, and, then, and one other thing that I was thinking uh, earlier, a benefit of building a company together is you build this asset together. You do all your life planning around it together. It's um, it's as much mine as it is his. It's you know we're building this together 50-50. It's become something that we are very proud of. It's also something that we can now build the rest of our life and even our children and future generations. It's it's something that we we build together. Um, that that really is something that we can take through through generations. Part of the reason why we wrote a book because at some point we won't be around and. We want our great-grandchildren to know who Dov and Elma were and how it came to be, how this story came to be. So, um, But regardless, once you get to that phase of life, business owners are not business owners. Your kids start moving away. I think it is so critical to find something that you both really enjoy, that gets you engaged, that gets you doing together. Um, the alternative is... One goes this way playing golf, the other one, and that's fine. I mean, everyone has their own, but or you do nothing and, and you feel bad about that empty nest syndrome. I think it's, we found a way that something that we both really, really in, learned to enjoy. I mean, we were, never hiked 15 years ago. It, it's something that we built um, and it's become part of our life in where are we going to go next and and. You know, that was a great trip. And how do we prepare for the next thing? And what part of the world haven't we seen yet? And what animals, you know, gorillas or bears or penguins, what do we really want to see in life? It's become part of how we now structure our life around, in addition to children and grandchildren, of course. When you were doing uh, your book, and I, I don't know if you have found, if there's any statistic on there, um, you know, this is going to be a, I'll ask the question, but I, I think it's going to be a challenge. You know, the, the, is there less successful, do businesses 
break up more if there is a husband and wife involved than those who don't? The answer is yes. You want to take that? <laughs> I mean, one thing, one thing that we do know from the government contract in Washington, D.C. area is that there are multiple companies like us where the husband and the wife did divorce. And it's, it's because of many reasons, the, the, the strain on the relationship and the strain of growing companies. And that's one thing that we said will not happen to us. Meaning if we show that that's the road, we much rather do something with the company and end it, you know, sell it or whatever, yeah. as opposed to go to a situation where we do go to this difficulty and end up being separated. Yeah, I um, that would give me some pause if the, that's that statistic that would show that. And I, I'll tell you why too. I'll, the way I've always been, all right. I've been doing my own businesses now for over twenty five years, uh, thirty years, really. Um, I always tried to pick the decisions that gave us the gave me the highest probability of success. Right. You know, that's, that's just the way my mind works and it's, it's worked well, honestly. I, you know, um, even when it comes to like testing a, a new product or testing a service, I'm waiting to see, okay, wait a minute, is there customers buying this? Is there, you know, what's the lead generation? So it's, I mean, it's, that's a weird way to look at it, but I'm always looking for the highest probability. Um, and I even did that before I started my first business at 29, um, to try to get into a field that, you know, I didn't have to have a home run to be successful at it. I wanted singles. I've always wanted singles, you know, doubles, singles, those type of things in baseball terms. So I, that would give me a lot of pause, but let me, let me jump into, we, uh, so I have a a question right now that I want to kind of make sure we have enough time for, and that is your guidelines for you've made the decision to go in together on uh, um, husband and wife uh, or, or even just partners, you know, I'm not, not if you're not not, um, married or, um, but if you're living together or, you know, stuff like that. Um, Give me, give me some guidelines that you've learned over the years that somebody who's already doing that would say, Oh, I can really use the, this stuff. Um, when you start out, you don't really know what you're getting into. Um, whether you think you do and the business, uh, whatever solution you're trying to sell, whether it's services or product or whatever you're trying to build, um, can be absolutely great, but the, the working relationship, you don't really know. So your very basic is, is what you're assuming, um, is going to to cause obstacles down the road. So I think the first thing is who owns what? Um, who owns what in terms of responsibility? And there is a lot of gray. It's, very, it's not black and white. There's a lot of gray. So it's, a, it's kind of a constant negotiation, but on an overarching level, again, we go back to the swim lanes, right? Um, we're, we're both swimming in the same direction. We're in the same pool. We're trying to really make this move together, but you're more here and I'm more there. Now, yep. where, where does this go? 
Um, and so a ground rule is name it, label it, technical customer services and corporate governance. Name it something that has equal weight and not, you know, business and back office. Because just hearing those two words, you do this instead of this. Yep. That then uh, leads to equal respect. And I think that is really important because you then, it's not just the two of us, it's people we're interacting with. Customers, vendors, um, employees, you name it. If they perceive that we respect each other and that we respect, Dov will say, and it happens all the time, especially in the beginning. Somebody would come and talk to us about an insurance or a legal thing or whatever. They would talk to him. They would literally, the body language was to him. And Dov would say, uh-uh, technical is me. All over business, we can talk together, but contracting or accounting you need to talk to her and i, I hate to say it though uh, as as a woman aren't you kind of used to that I mean, isn't because people it's terrible right and because of that Stephen, because every woman knows that yep you know that from the get-go if this is a partnership of different gender you need to make sure that you both understand those are the situations that are going to come up yeah and I also know too, as a uh, 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 as a <laughs> when dealing with a woman, that I have to be very careful, yeah. uh, t- you know, to to make sure I don't make a mistake that way. And I have I grew up with two sisters. I had lots of managers who were women who were fantastic. So I'm very familiar with the drive that women have to say, "Hey, wait a minute, you know, I'm not here. I'm not a secretary." You know, well, and you know, it it even made me more sensitive to the subject even when Elma was not there so mm. let's say we are running a large program and we have a meeting and there are maybe 20 30 people in the meeting when people still went to the office before COVID and what you'll see most of the time the men would sit around the table and the women will go to the second row around the walls and I would basically say to the to the women hey Come to Let's the go. table. Sit down. Because yeah. it's the, the, the natural the inclination of, yeah. of the And gender. even so, trying to solicit, you know, stuff. Like, well, that's another subject matter. So, so define. So, and I think that's important for what you're saying, uh, Elma, and that is you also got to know the different, there's customer service, there is, there is accounting, there is, there's all these parts of the business. I know when I started my fourth company, what was amazing was, because my business partner and I had both had so much business experience building companies. We had a, we were generating incredible revenue in three months versus three years. What it would taken us when we first started, because we knew we have to do this. We have to do this. We have software for this. We, we have to, we have to do this. So we, we knew, you know, right. and I think that fits into what you're saying is, you know, know what goes on in a company and then you kind of have to assign who's going to be responsible for that just because you don't want to step on toes. And you also might find that one person's better on the other. And by the way, both people might say, Oh God, I hate that. You know, I hate doing it. You know, and then you have well, to then find you hire somebody to fill you in hire that. someone else to do it. Right. <laughs> or, you know, or if Dove took one crappy, you know, thing that you have to do, then you, Elma, will have to pick one crappy thing too. Right. Well, and with that, for example, by saying that, I 
I think that is also part of throw me something messy and I will reorganize it. In terms of white papers, you know, in the beginning he would write white papers, but my I, I can take his concepts and after he said, will you will you just look it over? Well, looking over, I'd have to edit the whole thing. And so at some point I Keep said... Keep in mind, her English is better than mine. If you haven't noticed. <laughs> uh, so again, but awareness, right? Dovik knows. And I know. So I don't know the technology, but I know how to put a white paper, two-page white paper, that it's readable to someone who's not necessarily all that technical. So I'd say... Throw whatever concept you have. What's the main idea? I would create a two-page white paper. Then I'd give it... And meanwhile, I learn from that so I can have half a conversation about something technical if nobody asks me questions because I, I just did that, you know, with the, with the white paper. Then I'd give it back to him and say, make sure I didn't, like, just invent something yeah, new yeah. or something, you know. Yeah. But that way, it, it takes self-awareness. There isn't anything like... Well, no, I don't want to give it to you. Or, uh, none of that. Or why don't you give it to me? You think I'm a sixth? No, I know. I'm not a secretary, but I, I, my English sentence structure is better, comes more natural. But I would never know the technology that he knows. So if you have enough self-awareness and you respect what the other one brings to the table, you can create a really good product. Yeah, I like that word that you use, self-awareness, um, because, um, you know, let's face it, if you are an extremely, incredibly strong-willed, stubborn person, right, and you know that, and I don't know if I could think of some more adjectives to describe someone who probably should not have a business partner. I don't care if you're married or not. You probably shouldn't have a business partner, right? You're just too – it's going to be too many fights, you know, and, you know, and I – you know, like, um, I, I know one thing with me, I've, I've played, so I played a lot of sports at a very high level and, um, I don't care if somebody gets all the notoriety as long as I win. That's the way I am. Mm-hmm. So I really don't care. I don't care if my partner does better things at me. Good for him. <laughs> I don't care. Right now, luckily I have a very incredible partner who's just amazing and, uh, you know, business partner. And he, you know, we get all, we're best friends. It's just unbelievable how, how lucky I am. But, um, but, uh, you know, I, he, he's like, are you sure you want me to do this? And, and I'm like, if we win, you're better at it than I am. I don't care. You know? So, you know, I think that, that, that so it goes back to your dis, the, the disposition that you have. So, um, what else, what else you talked about one before, which a lot of people talk about is like, don't talk about work at home. How did you handle that? Don't work. Well, it didn't always, we didn't always stay. Yeah, through that's it, fair. Right? it happens. Um, and if you have conflict at work and then you both get in the car or you get in separate cars, but you're both in the house and we, it, it does spill over. And, yeah. but it's about the intent. The, 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 the default is the intention is we are not, we're not bringing conflicts, business conflicts, home. Yeah. And, and in the beginning, the office was at home. It was in an attic. Yeah. Um, but, you know, so we were speaking metaphorically. Once I go down the stairs from the attic, it stays That's it. there. It doesn't yeah. always happen. And I think over time you learn the level of tolerance. I learned not to 
talk about, you know, relatively minor governance issues. Of course, I would say, you know, we need a line of credit. Or I would say, you know, I think we may have some liability here or there. These are... Um, These are risks to the business. Risks to the business. And so, yeah. of course, that's... A, or enabler of the business, like right. a line of credit. Mm. But what you do then is I found a business mentor. I found somebody else that um, I could talk over things and through things because I did not have a business background. So, is this normal? What, what do I do here? How do I take this? How do I go through this? So that that did not all pile on to the relationship. And the business part of it was really those, like he said, what those parts, those things that were risk to the business, those things that were good to the business, you know, shall we bid on this? It's risky, it's expensive, but the, the payoff could be big, you know, strategic um, uh moves to the business right i mean it wasn't you know binary one or zero yes talk or not talk at home but we were trying to minimize that yeah and especially you know when we had younger kids at the time and we would have a dinner with them and they couldn't care less about you know all the problems or the challenges that we have in a, in a company kind of thing so we were trying to we were trying to stay away from that yeah i mean i did uh you know, you learn as you go along. Like I told you, like it, like when when Gina used to bring it up to me, and late at night, uh, I'd be like, "Talk about? Could you talk? Could you talk about this to me tomorrow at work instead?" And so you just kind of have a ground rule. You know, it wasn't like a. It, she learned. You know, she it's learned. It's not a fight, but it wasn't I had a fight. One, right. Yeah. I had a, a client once, a mother and a daughter, an adult daughter and a mother. They had a business together. And, and there, there are all these pitfalls. This is a different type of relationship, but still, it's a family relationship. So one of the things we talked about is to have maybe two or three hours every Friday. And I, I've talked about this with other people as well. Set aside, let's say, every Friday from three to five or whatever. doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. But that is the time for everything that is not a hair on fire, hair on fire situation. Right. Sometimes if something really critical happens on Monday, you can't wait until Friday. But a lot of things can wait. First, it's a cooling off period. You can mull it over. You can think it over, write it down. And then you have an executive meeting over coffee or drinks or whatever. That That's where you discuss everything that needs to be discussed before you go home for the weekend. You decide time, place, duration, everything, but set aside some time in the office to discuss business-related issues so that they are cleared and hopefully out of the way before you go into your family relationship. You know, and a, and a good friend of, of ours said once, 99% of the things that I was worried about really never happened again or never materialized. So by the time you give it some cooling period, some of the things that we were kind of frazzled during the day. They solve themselves. They solve themselves yeah. if you wait a day or so yeah. kind of thing. You know, I'm not saying everything solves itself, but some of it does. Yeah, what's crazy is that um, if I were to start a seventh business, which there isn't any plans for that, but if I were to start a seventh business and I would still be reluctant to start it with a different business partner, you know, like, you know, um, I would be a little wary, 
you know, and, and even though I've, and even though I have some really good experiences, it goes back to the high probability decision-making that I kind of mm-hmm. like to do. Um, but I, I, I'm open-minded enough. I'd be like, you know, 51% yes and 49% no. It's, so. um, if, if somebody were to ask me and, and people have asked us sometimes. Would you do it again? No, but if somebody asked me, should I go into business with this person or that person or that person? Um, I had this conversation once with a young woman and she was going to go into business with someone. And my question to her was, do you really need yeah. this business partner or is it a skill set that you can hire somebody and you will be the sole decision maker? What yeah. do you need that person for? Yeah. Um, so I think that if you start out as a person that is an entrepreneur that wants to start a business and you have the opportunity to bring in a business partner at whatever impactful level, not a 5%, but um, you really have to ask yourself, do I need this? What are the pros? What are the cons? What is, mm. so just, I, I know we are talking about Eldorf. The business that we build and sold is Dovell, Dovell Technologies. Um, the business that we started afterwards, this is our second one together, is Eldorf. We flipped the name. Um, and Eldov, we actually are investing in um, very early startup health IT type solutions yep. that bring a benefit to to the people, to the public, basically. So I just want to make sure that because I'm not sure that that was in the in the introduction. Yeah. Um, but 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 back to that, I think that um, you you really need to ask yourself: Do I need do I need a partnership? Or can I hire that skill set in? And would that not be an easier, simpler uh, situation? How did you, was there complications? And I, I, I can't think of one, but you tell me from the, from the accounting financial end, um, was there any problems on that end? Um, I, I, you know, was there any? I mean, I'm assuming you paid each other the same. Um, I'm assuming. I mean, did you keep separate personal bank accounts? Do you, you know, does it all go in one pot? Uh, you know, I, anything that's outside of, you know, anything that would be out of the ordinary that a regular business, you know, wouldn't would do or wouldn't do if you didn't if you weren't married. Well, there's a lot of planning going on, but we paid ourselves the same salary. Um, and then there were earnings distributions and tax distributions. Mm-hmm. Um, then once we saw that this company was really growing, we recognized the need to do some planning. You want to talk about that? Yeah. So it, at a certain point, we said, first, originally, Elma wasn't there a U.S. citizen. She was a green card holder. And if you're a green card holder, there are some complication in case, in case I passed away. So anyway, so we decided we got engaged into estate planning which then moved into the company and how do you how do you structure the company and how do you make sure that that we had you know the same equal shares if you will and how do you get it into the trust but one thing that we say today to everybody that we are talking to is make sure that you're starting to think about it and you have all the right planning early early on not four hours before you're trying to sell your business or something like that to do a change of control and make sure that 
both of you are comfortable with that, with with the type of planning yeah. and what will happen after the change of control. How, how is the money going to be going divided? Where is it going to? And all kinds of things like that. So there's a lot of, in my mind, there's a lot of complication, but you do want to start thinking about it early on. So, yeah. So that it's not coming as a surprise because you can't, you can't sort it all out just before you do a transaction. What you, what you see with business owners, entrepreneurs, when you start talking to them about, so what are you doing with respect to the end game? What's your, what's your exit strategy with respect to yourself? They say, oh, I want to sell, blah, blah, blah. Okay, fine. And there's a whole conversation around that, how you prepare your company to private equity or strategic, all of that. But what are you doing on the personal level? And invariably, the answer will be, you know, I don't really want to think about that. I'm having fun, um, blah, 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 and all of that. And I, I, we keep pushing that, that subject because you do have to think about it. First of all, it takes really a lot of time to get comfortable with the different trusts and the different uh, uh, strategic, the, the strategic planning on your life and your financial life. It takes a while to find the right team, to find the right tools and all of that. And in addition, as the value of your company grows um, from whatever to whatever, there are gift lifetime gift exemption implications that you need to plan around as your company value grows. And you need a team for that. And you need to really educate yourself. Meanwhile, you're running a business. So it's not like you're taking now a month to educate yourself. You, you, you talk to someone and then two months go by because, you know, things happen in the business. So it does take a lot of time just because you don't find that to be the most important thing and there's a lot of other things going on in your life. But, but you, you have to keep in mind, because both of us are in the same business, then our nest egg is in that business together. Yeah. It's, it's different than if one of, them, one of the couple is in this business and the other one is an employee of another yes. company because you now have two different... It's just such a, a... I just see it. It's such a problem. You got a 50% divorce rate... You got everybody, like all the finances are in one location. You, 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 you have a 50% go back, going back to the concept of high probability, 50% divorce rate. You got a business, you know, then you separate and then you're going to work. You're hating each other. It's, it's, oh, it's, it's a nightmare. It's, it's nightmare. incredibly it's scary. You know, you know and we, we see that happen. So when you say, do you see a higher uh, incidence of companies not working out? because of the partners being yep. married. I think you cannot separate those two. If the relationship is strong here, it's much better chance of being there. And whatever yep. here and there is, it works both ways. But one thing I wanted to mention as well, something that I never thought about until some, you know, our team, our planning team uh, pointed it out. If you have the equity of your business, in a trust, let's say, and the beneficiaries of your trust are your kids. This is a common way to plan around it. If something, so now we go on all these adventure travels, we, we find the gorillas, we find the bears, we hike Kilimanjaro, we do all that. We do it together. Something happens to the two of us. Now, 
what's going to happen with that? How do the kids who were at the time very young adults, college age, how do they how do they manage the tax implications and all of that of suddenly this coming their way? Um, because they will have to if they'll have to pay tax. They will have to pay tax within six months in general on a fairly large company which you cannot sell within six months really and so they suddenly have to pay a lot of tax on something that they have nothing so it's a it's a tax and in at the time we had brought in um and a ceo to manage that maturing and um and change of control phase and i, I we never thought of it so we we had an insurance policy which we, you know, it has the terrible name of second to die policy, <laughs> because if it's just one of us, the whole thing moves to the other. It's a non-taxable event between spouses. But if both of us are the second to die, then that policy kicks in, kind of mitigating the taxable event to the beneficiaries. And we even told um, the CEO that we brought in, this is what we put in place, so you don't ever have to worry. I mean, it isn't unlikely, but you know, the, and the thing with insurance is you have it hoping that you'll never need it, right? And this was one of them. Um, for so, for you know, years, if, we had that policy right. in place, so just we, in case. If something happened to us, both of us at the same time, that or one insur- after another, yeah. then, ins- then that insurance company will kick in and will give the kids enough money to pay the tax. Yep. So no, they won't have to worry about selling well, the I, I'll, I can let you guys in on something. I mean, I've mentioned it before. So a year and a half ago, my wife passed away unexpectedly. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, and uh, we married for 26. Thank you. And we were married for 26 years. We had a fantastic marriage. Um, it was a terrible uh, uh, situation, a, so- a shock. It was the way it happened. So we're not going to get into that. But unexpected, uh, kind of the worst thing. You're the, everybody's worst nightmare. Okay. Um, now the, the interesting, what, what we all can learn from this, cause I, I think eventually I'm, I'm going to be doing motivational speaking down the road. I, and I think that this is this area of, you know, what do you learn from this is very important. Um, and there's, we're, we're going to run out of time. I couldn't talk about it all, but, but in regards to what you're talking about, so you should know I'm a planner. I plan for me to go. And I also was always worried about my business partner going. Okay. I never planned for Gina to go. So, however, because I planned for me to go, forget the trust things, the the trust uh, benefits and all those other things. Passwords. (laughs) Just understanding where all your passwords are. Okay. So we actually would do a little bit of a dry run, believe it or not. Okay. Now my wife, my wife is an accountant. So that's really, that was good because she knew numbers and she knew what was going on with the business enough on that end. But knowing where the, now we also had life insurance policies on both of us. I'm going to tell you, I, I, I have money having that life insurance policy on Gina allowed me to spend a lot of money on the kids. We went to Kenya on vacation, you know, because yeah. every year my family would go on very nice vacations. Africa, we had never been there for two weeks. You know, they 
they understood, they, they were like, oh, wow, this is, you know, I mean, they just lost their mom. I mean, we didn't go immediately, but so, you know, that million dollar life insurance made life easier on me because you know, when you have a business, it's not, you have, you don't have cash sitting there lying around. People think, oh, you're a business owner. You must be rolling in the dough. It's all in accounts receivable. It's all in wherever. It's just not that liquid. And so, you know, having a life insurance policy to me is, boy, but it really saved. I mean, I would have been okay, but we would, we did a lot of really, my kids, my son wanted to go to camp. I mean, wanted to go to an expensive camp, go. Tennis, go. You know, all this different stuff, you know. So my my advice to everybody is, and I hope you follow it. I doubt you will. Do a dry run. Do a dry run. Okay, I just died. What What do you need to know? Where are the files? What's the combination of the safe? I'm going to, you know, tell. Ter- there's a lot of terrible stories here. I Going to my wife's funeral, right? Um, you know, I couldn't find the combination for the safe and I needed it for her birth certificate. Yep. You know what I'm thinking about the next two weeks? The damn safe, right? Because there was a lot of important documents that are in there. And, you know, it ended up being no problem. <laughs> My friend's like, oh, you just go on the internet and uh, the company that makes it has it on file and they'll send it to you again. I was like, oh, I've been sitting there for two weeks. It's, worrying it's about really, it. um, you know, the, I think the, the 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 human factor in that is that we don't want to plan for something we yeah. don't even want to think about. Yeah. That really, that really is a problem. Like right now, when we started planning this trust and this and that and selling the company, one of the overriding factors you start thinking about it. You start thinking about it, yeah. and. What will happen if suddenly the both of us are no longer here? Yeah. Or even just one of just us, one the of other you. one, is going to not be in any state to really think about. So we our, our children now are 34 and 36. But from, the, from adult age, our son, we told him, this is the person you need to talk to. Mark, what will you do if suddenly something happens to us? He said, so you talk to Stephen. Yep. Talk you talk to this person and this person will know this yep. person everything like, you need to know the, the root of the tree they will tell you everything yeah and i was just looking at things and we said we're leaving if we were to go yeah. now we are leaving our kids a nightmare we yeah. can't do that yeah, yeah. and you, you just, i would just recommend do a dry run and listen i would tell you from really personal experience it it made my ability to mourn easier mm-hmm. because yeah there were certain things that we did that was um, that was easy for me to understand. Uh, you know, I mean, the, the password is a simple one. It's really valuable nowadays. Um, and, uh, you know, so, you know, I was able to mourn uh, because of it and, uh, and be- much easier because of the, so listen, just, you're going to, uh, let me let you in a secret, everybody. You're going to die. Okay, you're gonna die. My wife was 56. My wife was 56. You had to do this, really. Yeah, my wife was 56. I'm 58. I mean, no, she died at 53, 54. And um, it was a year and a half ago. Wait, so yeah, she was 54. And um, and so you, you, my wife was 54, and I, I'm now 58. We were both going on like 25. You know, we both had. Um, very young personalities 
you never think we were spent, we were expecting to spend the next 30 years of our lives together. We have very long longevities in our, in our family, incredible genetics. And it just never kind of crossed our mind. Um, and you just, now I feel, by the way, I feel 58 now, you know, I really do. So what's crazy. So listen, I'm just gonna leave you with a statistic and then we got to unfortunately wrap this up. Um, so I went to a great organization called Good Grief that that helps families um, get into a support group and and helps my my sons and me and we're separated by into different groups and um, one of the things you find out is one out of every eleven children under the age of nineteen will lose a spouse or a sibling. Wow! One out of eleven, okay, wow. will lose a spouse. I'm sorry. A mom or dad, excuse me, a mom or dad or, or a sibling. So once I, I didn't know anybody like that. Right. Uh, well, it's, you know, someone who's not, um, a child. Yes. But mm-hmm. once I joined this group, all of a sudden it, I started meeting all these people, not just in the group, but other people outside the group. Oh, I lost my wife. Oh, I'm a widow. Oh, I lost my child. I it happens so much more frequently, not to depress everybody mm-hmm. than you think. So yeah, pro- here's a high probability again, right? Yep. So on behalf of both of us, and I'm I'm sure everyone that's listening, we're so sorry for your loss. Thank you. Really. I think yeah. this is something I'm very involved in a hospice organization. We have a very strong bereavement program where we reach out, the team reaches out to loved ones every month for 13 months after a loss. Um, and and it is so important to recognize that. I think you only know what it's like if you go through it. So you have yeah, I agree life. with you. I agree with you 100%. And I am doing incredibly well. I'm incredibly resilient. And my, my kids are too. Um, you know, so, you know, again, I could spend another podcast, you know, talking on and on, and that's going to be a, a, a speech of eventually. Um, but I am doing extremely well and, uh, you'd be surprised. Um, doesn't mean that I don't have terrible moments. And, uh, yep. so it is what it is, but it never, it will, ne- it never goes away. Right? It, it, it just doesn't. finds a place. It finds a place somewhere. Yeah. And I, you can love two people too. So, you know, I've started yeah. dating already and that's, and I found somebody who lost her husband three years ago. And so there's, uh, you there's know, yeah, it happens. So, um, anyone, uh, anyway, uh, that's, uh, you know, that's all the time we have for today. Um, I'd like to thank so very much Elma and Dove Levy from the L Dove Group LLC for coming on today's podcast. And if you like today's podcast, please feel free to share it with a friend and also subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. And please, if you like today's podcast or any of the other ones we've done and you're willing to give it a five star, please give us a review. It helps us get the word out. And if you're looking for a line of credit for your business, you can call us at 862 867-4118 or visit our website at fscreditline.com. That's FS as a financing solutions, creditline.com. Elma and Dove, if anybody wants to get in touch with you, how would they go about doing that? Elma.Levy at ldovegroup.com and Dove.Levy at ldovegroup.com. Dove.Levy. Dove.Levy. Elma.Levy, Dove.Levy at ldovegroup.com. And or you, you can book, look at, or you can look at our book on Amazon. Yeah, I was going to ask you about the book, and the book is it's called, on Amazon. <laughs> yeah, what's it called again? The book. Um, 
Um, <laughs> Parking life <laughs> and in business. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm telling you, Stephen, one day we'll write a book about writing a book together. That's a whole different There you go. Well, there you partnership go. In, partnership <laughs> in life and work or something like that. But you put our name, you'll find it on Amazon. <laughs> ElmaLeavy.Levy yeah. and you'll find it on Amazon. And then there's a website, eldofgroup.com, www.eldofgroup.com. Yeah, I would highly recommend if you're thinking of going into business with your significant other, or if you're already in business with your significant other, just get the book. Just get the book, right? There's no uh, way we're going to cover yeah. all the stuff in the book that's here. Right. I would probably be one of the best investments that you would make, the most, the, the best thing for time. I mean, there's nothing like learning from experience. Um, that's why this podcast is here, is to learn from people who have done it already, not from people who say, oh, I've read it, and, you know, whatever. It's, you, you have to be there to understand it. Um, so other than that, I want to, you know, the broad, today's broad, broadcast or podcast is on January 6th of 2023. I want to wish everybody a happy new year, um, a healthy, happy new year. Listen, I'm gonna, the last thing I'm going to say here is, you know, I've learned this. Uh, Entrepreneurship is a marathon, not a sprint. And you have to take good care of yourself. You're no good to your family. You're no good to your friends. You're no good to your business if you are not at your best every single day. And that includes exercising and sleep and diet. So take good care of yourself because it, it all is going to come back at the end if you don't. And it's just as important for you to uh, take good care of yourself as it is for you to be good at your business. So everybody have a fantastic day. And again, thank you so much, Stephen. Thank you very we really much, enjoyed Stephen. it. It's nope. amazing. We could, we could talk for another hour. Yeah, I know. Because this whole, um, take good care of yourself. We could talk about that for an hour, you know. Well, anybody who's been an entrepreneur knows. So, <laughs> <Yes>. yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Thank you so much. We really enjoyed it. It was nice meeting both of you.